slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is doing well. Islanders fall to the Philadelphia Flyers in regulation 4-3 to the first time all season. The Islanders lose in regulation on home ice, and this game is tough to take when your team falls behind 3-0, plays one of their worst periods, then ties the game up at 3 only to lose it with 2 minutes and 22 seconds left in regulation. We will break it all down for you on this show. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Wednesday night at 8.30 to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So the Islanders fall 4-3 to the Flyers, a game they didn't deserve to win, and yet it hurts even more because they didn't give up came up with a good comeback in the third period and were able to advance to tie it, but couldn't quite come up with the winner. And then giving up that goal with 2.22 left, the game winner by Oscar Lindblom, and that was all she wrote. Not going to say this game was without its good points, but the bad points far outweigh it. The second period for the New York Islanders, one of the worst they've played all year. We'll break down last night's game for you, uh, give you some key analysis about it. We'll preview Saturday's game against the Flyers, the second of three crucial matchups with them. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more. But if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, you've got a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to talk about, feel free to contact the show by email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I do tweet live during almost every Islanders game, so I'll give you instant insight and analysis as the games go on, and uh, I'll tell you, this one, this one was just plain old tough to take. Uh, The second period for the New York Islanders, one of the worst periods, if not the worst period, that they played all season. Outshot in that stanza, 12-5. to But that doesn't even tell the complete story. In fact, not even close. This was just a team that, you know, let me put it to you this way. It is not difficult to understand that occasionally you're going to have a bad game. 
and some of the things you're going to do aren't going to work and what have you. But the problem I had with this second period, more than the fact that it was sloppy hockey, not well played, not well executed, the team didn't have any heart in that second period. And that is very un-New York Islanders-like, very un-Barry Trotz-like, and just not what you expect out of this team. And you can compound it this way. The Islanders were facing a Flyers team that was coming off a 9-0 loss to the New York Rangers the night before. So the Islanders had A, an extra day of rest, and B, a a Flyers team that was destroyed the previous night. And I was wondering before the game, and I did tweet it out, how would the Flyers respond? And... I knew if the Islanders could get a good jump, get that first goal, and even better, get that first goal fairly quickly in this game, the Flyers would start thinking, oh no, here we go again. Instead, the first period, the Islanders were below average, not great, but it was a fairly even game between, you know, two teams that were not on top of their games. But in the second period, the forecheck wasn't there. The back-checking, which is a staple of Islanders hockey, wasn't there. And, I mean, out of the three goals that Varlamov gave up in that second period, I don't blame Varley for any of those goals. There were too many odd man rushes, too many quality scoring chances, too many defensive zone breakdowns, and you just don't expect that from the New York Islanders. And what bothered me was the lack of heart that they showed in that second period. The lack of effort. I don't care if you don't play well, but the effort has to be there. And in the second period, it just plain old wasn't. All of the passes that the team had, not all, but many of the passes that the team had, it was like they were off by half a step, missing the mark. And players were coughing the puck up weren't getting back, you know, here's the deal, here's a stat in my mind that was revealing for the Islanders in last night's game, giveaways, the Philadelphia Flyers had three, the New York Islanders, ten, ten giveaways in one hockey game, and that is just not gonna, you know, you give up ten, ten giveaways, the other team has three, and the other team has a decent amount of talent, you're in trouble. And the Islanders got themselves into trouble last night. They were just flat. They just didn't have whatever it is. That wasn't there. And again, you know, midway through the first period, another dumb penalty, a double minor for high sticking by Matthew Barzal. Barry Trotz didn't bench him this time. Uh, but and the game was still scoreless, so it might have even been appropriate to bench him a little bit after that, but the Islanders killed it off. The power play, once again, you know, the Devils, we talked about this, the Islanders went up against the Devils three games last week, team with the worst penalty kill in the league, Islanders didn't get anything done. And again last night, the Flyers, a team that regularly struggles on the PK, 
And again, the Islanders get absolutely nothing done. And, you know, this time officially 0 for 2. Had a couple of looks on one of the power plays, but overall this power play without Anders Lee's presence in front of the net struggles a heck of a lot more without the captain. And the Islanders are going to quickly have to figure out what to do without Anders Lee. Now, the third period was definitely better for the Islanders, and we're going to break that down and talk about that because there were some good signs, and that was a relief. So we'll break down some of the things the Islanders did well and talk about what it means for this team going forward. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a preview of Saturday's game against the Flyers. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season may be over, but you've got March Madness, the NBA, and of course the NHL. Hey, maybe you want to take your knowledge of the New York Islanders and use it to make a few extra dollars on the side. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV And they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, look, obviously some good things did come out of last night's loss to the Flyers. Not enough, but some good ones. And let's start with the basics. You're down three to nothing in the third period, and it would have been easy to mail in the two points, but the Islanders did not, and they mounted a comeback, ended up tying the hockey game, and that shows heart, and that shows uh, the ability to bounce back and stay the course, and part of it is because the Islanders know what they have to do. They know the style of hockey they need to play. And quite honestly, they just went out and played it. And that was, you know, exactly what they needed to do. And that part of it definitely felt good for the New York Islanders, that they stayed the course, came back, and were able to tie the hockey game before, unfortunately, having another defensive breakdown and losing it late. The other good signs to me more than anything, is who scored some of these goals. Michael Dalcole, finally, off the schneid, got his first goal of the year. And you got a feel for Dalcole. He has been struggling for the better part of this season, in and out of the lineup. When he's in the lineup, he's had some scoring opportunities and just hasn't been able to put the puck in the net. And it had to feel like a huge weight off his shoulders for Michael Dalcole 
to get that goal. He also had an assist in the game and was a plus two. So, uh, you know, that in and of itself is a big relief. And hopefully what that means is we see more of Michael Dalcole. Maybe he gets, you know, plays a little better with the pressure off. He's not going to be pressing as much because basically speaking, you know, when, when you're in a slump and you haven't scored at all, you're only worried, oh no, you know, I, I've got to score. Oh my God, I got to score. And that wasn't the problem, uh, you know, won't be a problem now. Maybe he loosens up a little bit and plays a little bit better. And uh, I'd love to see him start to put the puck in the net with some kind of consistency. The other uh, two goal scorers, first of all, Sebastian Ajo, his first NHL goal in a few years. And Ajo, you know, in a little less than 13 minutes, had his uh, good moments, including the goal, which was uh, very, very well played. Uh, and then a couple of turnovers and some bad moments as well as he continues to struggle. Nick Letty, three assists. What can you say about Nick Letty? Quietly, Nick Letty goes about his job and he does it very, very well. He is a very good offensive defenseman, passes the puck exceptionally well, and for him to assist on all three goals in last night's game, gives him 20 assists on the season, you just, you know, he doesn't get enough credit, I don't think, and, you know, last year, a lot of people were saying his play is falling off, and he's, he and boy Chuck are not worth the money they're getting paid, let me tell you something right now, Nick Letty is a big part of the Islanders' success. He is a reason they are playing well this year, and it's just plain good to see. Uh, the other observation to me, Oliver Wallstrom gets another goal, and Wally is, you know, he's just getting the job done, and say what you want, whether Wallstrom eventually gets an audition on that top line, and and uh, obviously Barry Trotz, especially in the third period, was mixing and matching the lines a lot, trying to get a spark, and it did indeed happen. But overall, uh, Wallstrom clearly showing that he belongs in the National Hockey League, and if he continues to play the way he's been playing, or even improves upon it, the Islanders certainly have found a good, solid forward uh, to add to their lineup in Oliver Wallstrom. And obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Uh, one of the better aspects of last night's game. For the first time this season, season ticket holders allowed in the building. And, you know, a little more than a thousand fans in attendance. But it was great. Absolutely refreshing and wonderful to hear Let's Go Islander chants, and to hear fans reacting. There was no pumped-in crowd noise, artificial crowd noise. There were really a few fans in the stands. They made more noise, you know, than you would think the low number of fans would make, and that was, without a question, uh, a good feeling for the Islanders and their fans. To see uh, people in the seats again and, you know, following all the safety protocols, thankfully, and hopefully everybody can remain safe and, and enjoy the games 
and that this is just the beginning of more fans in the stands and, and you know, a proper way to say goodbye to the Nassau Coliseum by actually having people in the seats. So, uh, that aspect of it was heartwarming and great to see. And, you know, following along on Twitter, I'm always tweeting during the games and to see some of the tweets, people saying things like, I'm home, uh, so good to be back, etc., etc. That was a great thing to see. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, just another another sign that things are slowly but surely starting to return to normal, uh, both in the National Hockey League and for the New York Islanders. So glad to see that. And uh, hopefully, like I said, just the start of fans being back in the seats. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. We've got a preview of Saturday's game against the Flyers. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar, it's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. Yes, it's time for Built Bar Madness. And there are so many great matchups, like Salted Caramel against Cookie Dough Chunk. How do you pick between those two amazing flavors? I mean, Salted Caramel, part sweet, part salty, and all tasty. And Cookie Dough Chunk, how do you not enjoy the smooth sweet taste of cookie dough. I I don't know which one I would pick. I think that that's one of the tougher decisions on the market, but you, the fan, have the final say. Go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter, go to Built underscore Bar to place your vote. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, this one, we're going to go back to the glory years for the Islanders, but a a slightly lesser-known player from... The Cup years. Anyone here remember Mats Halin? He turns 63 years old today, and we wish him a very happy birthday. The Swedish native, uh, 6'2", 200 pounds, had good size, was a steady defensive forward for the Islanders, originally drafted in the seventh round by the Capitals back in 1978. Uh, But joined the Islanders midway through the 82-83 season, played in the postseason in the Islanders' last Stanley Cup run, and was a part of the Islanders' run to the Stanley Cup final the following year, 
in 83-84, spent another season with the Isles before joining the Minnesota North Stars for a couple of years and then heading back to Switzerland and Sweden where he finished his career. Overall, Max Halin, 152 NHL games, 17 goals, 31 points, and another goal in 15 playoff games. And yet, with those relatively quiet offensive numbers, he was more known as a checking forward. Halin, we're going to look at his best game as an Islander. And fittingly enough, as we are in the middle of a three-game series with the Flyers, Islanders and Flyers remembering this one at the Nassau Coliseum, March 19th, 1983. Bob Froze, the goalie for Philadelphia. Roly the goalie, Roland Melanson, in between the pipes for the New York Islanders. And I'll tell you, the Islanders jumped out quickly with four goals in the first period. Ken Morrow, Mats Halin, Mike Bossy, and Butch Goring made it a 4-0 Islanders lead after one. The Flyers got a goal from Mark Howe. But Mats Halin answered uh, at the 6.26 mark of the second period for his second goal of the game. And later on in the second period, after a goal by Ilka Sinisilo, Halin completes his first and only NHL hat trick, Dennis Potvan assisting on two of those three goals. In the third period, Dwayne Sutter, Clark Gillies, and Anders Kaller add to the total, and the Islanders go on to beat the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of 9-2. Wide open game. The Islanders had 37 shots. The Flyers had 42, but Melanson made 40 saves for the Islanders for Max Halin, the hat trick in three shots on goal. Dennis Potvin, four assists in this one. Clark Gillies, a goal and two assists. The Islanders skate to a 9-2 win over the Flyers back on March 19th, 1983, and it was the only career NHL hat trick for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mats Halin. He is 63 years old, and we wish him well, a happy birthday, and many, many happy more. Meanwhile, for the New York Islanders, uh, ain't going to get any easier these three games against the Flyers are pretty darn important, and they get right back into action against the Flyers at the Nassau Coliseum coming up on Saturday. So that is going to be a big game. The Islanders, 7 o'clock start at the Coliseum, and look, if the Islanders can get even a win and an overtime loss, three points out of this remaining two games in this series, uh, they'll be much better off. And I think the bottom line is this. They have to play Islanders hockey. That second period, they just didn't do that. They played sloppy. They played disorganized. And one thing you rarely, if ever, say about a Barry Trotz team is that they are disorganized and not playing sound positional hockey. The Islanders didn't do that in the second period. They didn't do that on the game-winning goal late in the third period, and they've got to straighten things out. And hey, Matt Barzal, stay out of the penalty box. You can't be leading the team in penalty minutes. You do not score. Trust me on this one. Nobody scores goals when they're sitting in the penalty box. 
And uh, as they said in Slapshot, you feel shame. So please, Barzy, stop taking those foolish penalties and get out on the ice and do what it is you do best, which is make plays and skate with the puck and help the Islanders score goals. We'll see if the Islanders can right the ship. As for the Flyers, you know, they just did a good job of taking advantage of the Islanders' numerous mistakes, and hopefully the Islanders can bounce back because uh, they've got to do better than what they did in this last game. And who would have thought Oscar Lindblom would be the one who really hurt the Islanders in this one? Claude Giroux had a good game. Islanders need to clamp down and play Islanders hockey. That's going to do it for today's episode. We will be back Monday. Uh, And one of the things we're going to look at is how the absence of Anders Lee has affected Jordan Eberle and Matt Barzal. That was the top line. We're going to analyze it. It'll have been five games or six games by then since Lee left the lineup. And we're going to really break it down and say what it is that is hurting the Islanders, uh, and how it's affecting the top line with Anders Lee out of the lineup. We'll, of course, review Saturday's game against the Flyers and a whole lot more, so make sure you join us for that. Have a great weekend, everybody. So glad fans are back at the Coliseum. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!